Good Morning, Good Morning um, podcast uh, listeners. Tony Pellegrini here. We've got as our a guest today, I've got as a guest today, uh, Peg Whitworth from the College of Education. Uh, Peg's been uh, a, a wonderful asset to the teachers and learners uh, on campus. I'm grateful that she's been willing to take a few minutes of our time today uh, to talk with us about um, the foundations of good classes and, and some basic fundamental principles that we ought to consider as teachers uh, to be able to engage with and connect with the learners whom we serve. Peg, could you take a moment or two and tell us a little about yourself, a little about your background, and, and then I, I'll start with some questions. Are you comfortable with that? You bet. Thank you so much, Peg. Um, my name is Peggy Whitworth. Like Tony just introduced me, I've been at SUU for 18 years as a full professor or as a professor in the College of Ed. Um, did several years as adjunct professor and taught elementary school, was an assistant principal, SPED teacher, sixth grade teacher, fourth grade teacher, second grade teacher. That's probably about it. <laughs> Taught for 31 years. <laughs> that is exciting. And that's, you know, Peg, you've been honored uh, here at SUU and throughout the state regarding the foundations of educational programs that you've seen. What is good teaching and, and how can uh, good teaching be uh, shared with uh, with others. The, the purpose of this podcast is really to uh, say what great things are going on in um, teaching at SUU and in learning at SUU. Um, and so I guess that's where I would like to start with just a question regarding, um, you know, if you could be, uh, you know, the dean of a college or uh, <laughs> not that any of us would want to be, but if you were that case, what are some things, some principal foundational concepts uh, to good instruction that you would encourage uh, teachers um, uh, to practice and to engage with, to uh, engage with their learners? I think first and foremost, you need to know your students. You need to know them on a personal level, and I don't mean know who their boyfriend is, but know where they're coming from, know where their interests are, know their personality a little bit so that you can meet their learning style, their learning needs. And by knowing those students, you can gear your curriculum or whatever you need to teach them to meet that specific learning need and help them to be more successful. I would say that's my number one is know your students inside and out. That, that is wonderful. May I follow up with a uh, follow-up question to that, Peg? Um, uh, what can uh, professors do at the university level, maybe even before class or the first weeks of, you know, well, we've got a 14-week semester, not, hopefully not too many weeks, uh, but the first week or weeks of class to be able to, to get to know their learners. What are some things that you've found have been very, very effective and efficient in helping you to get to know your learners? I, first of all, make a copy of the picture rolled so I know who's in my class and what their picture looks like. And then that very first day of class, I introduce myself and I talk about some of my quirks and my idiosyncrasies. And I ask them to tell me and tell the class, the members of the class, something about them that they don't think anybody knows, something unique about them. And at first, they're really shy about it. Oh, I don't know that I want to tell this, or I don't know that I want to tell this. But once one starts, then they bond as a class, such as, for example, I had one girl say, I can touch my nose with my tongue. 
that's a talent that, that maybe we'll need to use someday. So we get to know little things about them. And while they're discussing these little things, these, these um, traits that they have, I get to know them, they get to know each other, which makes a much more um, collegial effort in the class to learn. I, I think more human as well too. Realize right. that we're all we're all human. Um, I, I can't touch my nose with my tongue, but I can make a little cowboy hat out of it. But that's about Ooh, as, that's I'd about like as, to see that. Well, I don't know. That, that, maybe someday. Um, uh, are there other uh, principles? You know, beyond uh, knowing your learners, any other um, again issues associated with uh, fundamental teaching practices or activities? that you really have found to be helpful and supportive and nurturing of, of I um, love, love my students to know that I value when they're there. Even if they're the quiet student that sits on the back row, I still want them to know that I notice when they're gone and that I value what they bring to the class. And sometimes I will even point those out. Wow, I value the wisdom of the back row. I value the person that raises their hand and says, oh, I'm not sure if this is a dumb question. There are no dumb questions. I value those students that bring their personalities and their quirks to class and they ask, and I miss them when they're gone. So I might say, well, I noticed on Wednesday you weren't here. Everything okay? Anything I can do to help? Any questions about what you missed? And they will just automatically say, you noticed I wasn't in class? Yes, I noticed. I make that effort. So I do name tags and they have to pick up the name tag on the table when they walk in. If the name tags are left, that means they're absent. So then I try to make that list and follow up with them during the next class. That's really helped me to understand where they're coming from, things going on in their lives, um, any crises they may have, or if they're an athlete or whatever reason they were absent. That, that power of knowing people by name and you know that simple management technique of, you know, we're going to try, uh, we're going to try name cards. They'll try, or you know, little folders or whatever on our desks, so that I can call you by name, you can call me by name. Uh, how powerful to be that names are just in understanding who we are and where we come from. Very valuable at all ages. It's much better than saying "boy in the blue shirt" on the back row. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, talk to us for a moment or two about the courses that you teach. You've been here 18 years. Certainly, hopefully, I'm knocking on wood here, that you've had the opportunity to kind of move into courses that you really love, that you're passionate about. Talk to us about those courses and what, what, what makes them you so passionate about them. Well, I came from public ed and I was kind of recruited. I've been teaching as an adjunct professor at night, teaching elementary by day college by night with some long days, but I enjoyed that a lot. And as I was kind of recruited to apply for the job, they told me they wanted a practitioner, someone that had been in the grind, someone that had boots on the ground. And so I decided that that was gonna be my goal was to come to the university level, the higher ed level, and give my expertise of boots on the ground. This is what happens in elementary school. This is for real, I had this kid that so that they would know that I came with some background knowledge of what is really happening and where they were headed. And as I started to do that, I taught special ed classes, I've taught all the classes in education, both secondary and elementary and SPED, and I eventually ended up in the elementary block, which is the capstone courses for the elementary ed majors. 
where I teach management, science, and math. Um, I chose management because I wanted it to be real. I wanted these students to know that they're working with real students. When they go out in practicum, they will see kids. There will be kids that can touch their nose with their tongue, and there will be kids that don't talk, that don't want to be in school. There'll be kids that haven't had breakfast. I want them to understand that they're not so different than what goes on in a college classroom. And as I watch these students that come into elementary ed develop their passion for teaching, it's just an inspirational thing. I learn as much as they learn in um, managing a classroom and managing all the aspects of what it takes to help students learn. So I, I teach the capstone courses. I also get to do a lot of professional development with in-service teachers in the field, which helps me hone my skills. I love STEM classes because it's integrated curriculum. We don't solve problems in silos anymore. We solve problems using integrated curriculum across all different areas of expertise. And so I teach these STEM classes. We're trying to teach elementary kids that the world around them is made up of problems and challenges that they need to solve. And that's where I come from with the STEM classes, that here's a critical thinking skill. Let's not give up, let's persevere. Let's know the world around us and make it better. Thank you so much. One of the things that I thought about as you were sharing uh, that passion uh, for learning and, and your lifelong learning desires, um, you had mentioned, uh, maybe not in this last question, but a little previously, that uh, you worked with learners to know your individual learners. Um, once you kind of get that, that knowledge and where they're coming from, how do you help your learners with their various learning styles to be able to discover their own passions? What are some of the things that you do? Is that a fair question? Yes, very fair question. In fact, I, I was thinking about this question. Someone else asked me something similar. And I looked at my class and I said, one of my students asked that, and I said, fair is not equal. The assignments that I make, they're fair assignments and they will help you learn to be a better teacher, but they don't always have to be equal. I need to know my students and know where they're coming from, know their strengths, know their weaknesses, help them to build on their weaknesses and make them strengths. But I also need to be able to adjust my assignments to meet their individual learning needs and maybe their interests to some point so that they can get the idea that all learners are different learners. And whatever level we meet them at, we want to see growth. We don't necessarily want everybody to pass the test. We want to see a student grow from 20% to 50%. That's wonderful growth. And so I try to do that with my students by giving an assignment and saying, okay, here's the parameters. Sometimes it frustrates them because they want to know two pages, double spaced, small font. I want to say to them, how would you take this? What would you approach this? What do you need to do to make your teaching stronger? And so fair is not equal. In assignments, in life, we need to meet the needs of all different types of learners. Thank you so much, Peg. I have to be honest with you. You know, you make this sound awfully simple, awfully straightforward. Piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, certainly, you've had a hurdle or two that you've had to personally face. How do you overcome the, a, a, per, a, a hurdle that may come before you? A, a hurdle to becoming a great teacher. What are some things that you've had to overcome? 
I think self-reflection, which is really hard for most of us to do. Um, sometimes we're very critical of ourselves, especially when we're alone and analyzing something. Sometimes we're critical of others and we'd like to blame someone for things going wrong. But I have found in my own life that I have to say, okay, why did this go awry? Or why was there this hurdle? Why couldn't I achieve what I wanted to achieve? Is it something I'm doing? Is there an outside source? How can I change what I have done to make it better to come around the hurdle or over the top of the hurdle and see if I can move on and make things better for everyone? Self-reflection is key. What I, what I really like about that, your response is that you have um, really identified that you are in control of Peg Whitwer. Uh, others are not in control right. of Peg Whitwer. You determine what you can do and what you will do. And from my perspective, I've known you for a few years. Those are based on your values. Um, uh, with a, yeah, I don't want to make you embarrassed in any way, but would you share some of the values associated with teaching? I think you've addressed maybe some of them already, but I did want our listeners to go away with, oh my goodness, these are some concepts or principles that I really need to reflect on. If we go back to the last question and, and, and value. Any values that you have personally that you that you like to uh, keep core i like to treat everyone with respect even the hardest student in my class that likes to agitate you always have an agitator and even that person i have found that if i can get to know them and value that agitation for what it is without getting angry then i can develop a relationship and so my goal is to develop these relationships with each of my students. And sometimes that's not easy. Sometimes they don't want a relationship with you. But we do have a relationship in that I see them every day or at least four times a week and I see them in some tough situations. I want them to know that I'm not there to judge them. I'm there to help them reflect and improve their teaching. And I want them to also know that I value them as a person. I think that's my key is valuing people around me and what they contribute. I honestly love that. It goes back to, you know, what I mentioned previously, that that is absolutely something that you're in control of. Others right. don't control you on that. You're the one who makes those determinations in your life. What am I going to do to demonstrate my value to you? Or your value to me, excuse me. Just one last Strange question uh, for you. I have to ask at least one weird question. Uh, please take a deep breath and uh, you know, think about it for a second. But would you please tell us something that's true about Peg that almost nobody agrees with you on? My way or no way. Oh. <laughs> I do um, at times take on way too many tasks. And... I think that I'm Wonder Woman Whitwer, and so I take on more than I can truly handle. And I think that that creates an insecurity in me when I can't do things perfectly. And so I will teach classes, and I will run and do professional development, and then I will go home and try to be the grandma and the wife. And, and sometimes it's not perfect. And I think that I'm really harsh on myself when I don't do things, everything well at 100%. I 
can I can I kind of relate that to a, a, a very hopefully you'll feel comfortable with this, but to me, you seem a lot like Leonardo da Vinci. What a okay. great talent. What a great let me tell you why, just real briefly here. What a great talent. But he was often criticized for doing too much, for taking mm -hmm. on too many projects, for not finishing some projects. And I'm not saying you don't finish projects. Please don't, well, don't hear that. No, no. But uh, he was passionate about so many different things, and he wanted to give himself to so many different things. Uh, as you were, you know, as you were outlining that that uh, perspective of your personality, I thought, oh my goodness, it's a 21st century uh, uh, Leonardo da Vinci. I like so, it. Uh, that's all, uh, totally totally positive. I think that uh, I think that is a, a great example. Peg, any last minute words of advice or wisdom for our listeners, whether they're students or teachers? Uh, about maybe here to succeed, how to succeed here at SU. I will tell you that teaching is probably the greatest job in the world. I've done lots of things, lots of different occupations and teaching. I've always come back to teaching because I love the diversity of learners. And if we will just be open to listening, be willing to be a little disturbed by others' thoughts once in a while, I think that we can learn so much and be so much more accepting of others and also give back to what we value. And so I would just say, be open, um, enjoy what you do. If you love what you do, it will show in your teaching and your students will catch your passion. So enjoy what you do and love the people you do it with. Hey, thank you so very much. I appreciate you and, and for my listeners, uh, please, as you have an opportunity, stop in on Peg's class. Watch what some of what she's doing. Uh, and uh, I think you'll be tickled and impressed and learn a thing or two. We're all lifelong learners and we can learn and should learn from one another. Peg, again, thank you. I welcome them anytime. Appreciate you. You have a great day, okay? You too. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Bye-bye.